Welcome to Upchuck Theater. We watch the nonsense so you don't have to. With Dustin Hummel, Rob Mikowski, and Aaron Krager, we spare no film on our vomitous scale. Come waste an hour or so of your life so you don't waste another one. Sit back, relax, and throw up. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Aaron and Rob on Saturday, March 25th, 2017, 10.37 Eastern Standard Time p.m. And uh, we decided in the uh, swing of things, keeping things in the swing of things, to do an off-the-cuff kind of uh, one-off shot here. It's the first one Rob and I have done together. That's our first. On our own, without the, the little weird kid who's on like the... Really dumb diet. <laughs> um, Weird guy. Yeah, and so we decided to do Battle Royale, uh, the director's cut on Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Yeah. So this is a cult, f- more more than a cult following, but a, but a significant cult following kind of movie from 2000. Um, we're both big fans of it, and then Rob noticed on Amazon. That they had a special, like eighty-five disc special edition, on sale for like twenty bucks. So we both snagged a copy of it, and we decided that uh, we would watch it tonight. Well, the story. There's, there's, there's more story behind that too. Yeah, we'll go ahead. Yeah. Well, let's see. I was introduced to this way, way back in the day, a long time ago, and you know, I, I forgot who mentioned it to me. Someone mentioned it to me, and I said, I never heard of it. So I read the book. Book was good. It was long, and then uh, I was like, "Oh, there's a movie." Well, the only movie I could get my hands on was a hacked, like Chinese copy DVD, and then I think I got a copy, and I think I burned one and gave you one, mm-hmm. actually, and uh, then I couldn't find it. <laughs> I lost my DVD copy, yes. and I haven't seen the movie in a long time. And I thought, "Oh man, I, I haven't seen the movie in forever." So I look on the the Amazons, and you're right. That's where I found the 85 disc special. And we actually ended up picking up the three, four disc? Well, four disc. yeah, it's it's three discs and, and a coaster. Yeah, four, <laughs> four disc yeah. DVD special edition set. Yeah. So on Blu-ray. Transfer looked good. Yeah, transfer was great. Transfer yeah, really it was good. really, really great. Transfer looked good. Yeah, it was really great. The uh-huh. uh, the transfer was, was really good. I mean, most Blu-rays now that the technology is not brand new are... Uh, you know, I would say pretty good overall. Um, I've but th- seen many, but but I this one, yeah, I mean, well, it's funny. My my Blu-ray collection. If you look at my Blu-ray collection, I only I have maybe fifteen or twenty, yeah. maybe, and that's yeah. it. Not including I have the Alien oh, discography. Yeah. 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 I have the Rocky discography. Yeah. Yeah. Not including Creed. Um, well, it hadn't come out yet. Creed's, oh, actually, okay. Creed's actually a very good movie. Okay. I was I was actually very surprised. Um, but, uh, apart from those kind of, you know, groups, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have maybe 15 films on Blu-ray oh, wow. and almost all of them are movies that I've already owned. Right. I have you two. Know. Well, there you go. I have, t- yeah. I have t- this is my second Blu-ray movie. Yeah. I have, well, King's Clave, which came free with right. a special edition. And then now I own this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still used to, I'm not used to Blu-ray yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like I have, I have like seven, I have Heat. I have, you know, movies... Well, your Prisoner's on Blu-ray. 
I do have the Prisoner yeah. on Blu-ray. That looks great. And I have Cowboy Bebop on Blu-ray ah, too. Yeah, okay. and those are both very good too. Oh yeah. But yeah, but all of the. Uh, but I. I mean, I, I. I've had Cowboy Bebop forever. Yeah. I had Seven. I had Heat. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So. So yeah, Battle Royal. Um, if anyone isn't really familiar with Battle Royal, this is a movie that 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 me and Aaron are both big fans of. Mm. I introduced Aaron to this movie. Um, I remember seeing it for the first time, and I was just floored by it. Um, it's if you if you've never experienced this movie, basically, you wouldn't have Hunger Games if you didn't have Battle Royal. You wouldn't have whatever that new one is the the, the was it Belknap the Belco Belco Bel- experiment Belknap, whatever it is Belco yeah. experiment. You wouldn't have that if you didn't have Battle Royal. <clears throat> Excuse me, Battle Royal is interesting. It's it's a social commentary. It's set slightly in a dystopian future. Uh, it's an int- for me. I think it's a very interesting movie because of uh, the source. Um, a Japanese. I mean, obviously, a Japanese writer. It's a Japanese movie. In case anybody didn't know, uh, Japanese writer. And from what I remember correctly, I think he was writing for a magazine at some point, and then took some time off, wrote this, and has never done anything else since then. This is his only book. And considering. Where this movie comes from, the, the, the Japanese people, that this is so not norm for them. You know, it's so off. And there's a lot of warnings in it telling you in the beginning, you know, this movie isn't intended for anyone under the age of 15, because I, I think pretty much everyone in the movie was supposed to be being portrayed as 15-year-olds. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think that's why they don't want anyone to see it. But um, it's... I mean, hit him with the premise, Aaron. Go ahead. Let him. Well, yeah, so so basically Japan is out of control. (laughs) Children are running rampant. Um, You know, they're cutting teachers. They're not going to school. They're not enhancing society. Yeah, Yeah, right. And uh, Buffalo, United States in general. Buffalo Public School. And so basically what happens is the government mandates that once a year a randomly selected uh, class of students gets dumped on this island and uh, then they have to go kill each other. (laughs) They have three days to do it. Um, They have cute little like Seiko watches around their necks that explode. Yeah, they explode if you're in a danger zone at a certain time. Um, You know, if you break the rules, they're monitored. There's radios in them. There's GPS. Um, You know, it's basically like Japanese war games. (laughs) And... uh, But with kids killing each other. And they're all given random weapons. Or um, items. Right, or items. Uh, One of the main characters, uh, Shuya Nanahara, he gets a... he gets a, a pot lid, so that so he's Captain Japan. Right. And, uh, and meanwhile, his, the guys get like yeah. you know, Spaz twelve shotguns, Uzis, Uzis, Glock eighteen. Yeah. No, no, stun guns, all stun that kind guns. of thing. So yeah, so this Rock is the battle. Roll. So it's the battle royal act, which was passed after eight hundred thousand right. students walk out of school, and um, <laughs> so you know they're all on their way to class. And, uh, or they're all on their way on this bus and, Field trip. yeah, and then they're all gassed and Nanahara wakes up and then he gets hit in the head and then he wakes up and they all wake up and they're in this classroom and, uh, Kitano, their teacher 
is uh, there, he, the former teacher from two years previous, and uh, it's time for him to get his revenge, so to speak. Played by the best, B. Takeshi. Takeshi Kitano, in my opinion, the best Japanese filmmaker, modern Japanese filmmaker. I mean, once, you know, that's it. I mean, I, I think as an actor, as a director, I don't think there's anybody else that comes close. No. Not in modern times. I don't. I don't think so. I think once. I think after Kurosawa. Not I think that's it. I think it's Kurosawa, and then it's Takeshi Kitano. We love Kurosawa. Absolutely love Kurosawa. So uh, basically, a couple of the kids are stupid. Uh, <laughs> one of them gets domed with a knife. Um, then the we learn how the collars work. The hippie douchebag teachers killed already. Uh, yeah, and then we learn how the collar. We learn how the collar uh, works. Uh, Nanahara's friend, uh, what is it, Nubo, Nuko? Nobu. Nobu, right, yeah, Nobu, one of those ends. Um, he's an idiot. He's the one that cut Kitano a couple years previous. Oh, yeah, in the class. So he's been waiting for that. And so he, uh, basically Kitano points, like a laser pointer at his, uh, his wind-up watch <laughs> around his, his neck, psycho. and uh, and then his his neck explodes, and that's pretty great. That's a good thing. Um, well, the big thing about this movie to keep in mind is that here in America, in Japan, wherever, it's a controversial film, and the reason for it is, you know, this was made in two thousand, so it's not like the violence is significantly over the top. No. It's not like. You know, putting children in peril in and of itself is not bizarre. What is bizarre about this movie is that it's children murdering children. Yep. It's 15-year-olds murdering 15-year-olds with adults supervising them. And so, um, you know, that's why it comes with all these stipulations. That's why it comes with all these warnings. You know, it's the under 15 because obviously the rating system overseas is a little bit different from over here. Yeah, Sarah, um, I think it is. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but what really makes it even more interesting, I mean, having seen this movie six times, ten times, something like that previously, um, you know, we watched the director's cut. We watched the extended cut. And, you know, director's cuts are funny things. Um, you know, you get certain movies where it's not even needed. Um, it's always interesting to see what a director, you know, wanted to do and then released it. You know, a great example of that's Blade Runner. You know, the director's cut is better than the theatrical cut. I, I, I <laughs> Anyways, but what's interesting about that one is that the cut that came out in 92 wasn't really Ridley Scott's cut. It was kind of supervised by him, but he didn't really have enough input into it, and it still isn't what he really wanted. And then he finally was able to go back and release the definitive cut, uh, which is fantastic. What's really interesting about that movie, too, of course, though, is that all there's six or seven different versions, and each version track. arguably has things that should have been in, in my opinion, anyways, in the finale, in the final, you know, the, the, the ultimate cut. I think the ultimate cut is good. I think it's the best overall, but there's definitely, I just watched the work print the other day, and there's just certain scenes and certain shots, and it's like, there's no reason why that shouldn't have been in there. So just very interesting. Um, 
you know, some movies are just longer for the sake of being longer. A couple movies end up actually being shorter as director's cuts, tightening of scenes, things like that. This one adds eight minutes on to um, the original running time. And, you know, then on top of that, I mean, I think that they kind of went in and they, they must have enhanced some of the some of the blood and stuff like that, too. Um, it's definitely a more visceral movie, and it really gives it a much deeper tone. Um, I thought it was, I think it's far superior to the original version. Right. And uh, I just, I was very, I was very impressed by the additions. Nothing felt out of place or weird. Nothing was slowed down. And it really added some depth of, of field to the characters. Well, we both, we, we both know, we've, We've both seen the regular theatrical cut. I mean, I've seen it probably half a dozen times myself. Uh, you've seen it a bunch of times, too. Mm-hmm. And we, we sat here watching it, and when a new scene would come up, I mean, we noticed it, but it wasn't jarring. Right. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it wasn't like when you're watching Star Wars, okay, and like Han's walking into Bubba. Bubba Han, you know, my boy. Yeah, you know, he's walking in, and there's uh, Jabba the Hutt, okay, who's originally played by a big, fat guy, but... You know, the third movie. Anyway, I'm going to know Star Wars. You know, he got Wars. really heavy in, like, what, like four years, too. Who? Well, Jabba. We, well, because, like, because what is it? Between yeah. between Empire and Jedi, there's, what, like three years? Two yeah, years? Like that, yeah. Even though they know where he is right. on Tatooine, right? Whatever it is. But yeah, right. it, what what is it? It's, like, two years or three years. Right, right. And then you figure from the beginning of the first oh, Star Wars. So you're, you're talking about like on the remake when they show him? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's got... not as big of a slug. No, he, he got like fat that. quick. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I mean, it's only the span of what, three or four years? Four years maybe? Right. Total? Right. Well, he eats those little, he eats those little rat things. That's what it is. Yeah, but even still, I mean, he got, he, I mean, he got huge. I'm just saying. But what... He got <laughs> huge. On my boogie. On my boogie. But the point, but the point is, I mean, when you see those or you see a cut in another movie, sometimes it's jarring. Sometimes, you know, you see it. I don't mind when I see a new cut or a, or a hidden scene that's replaced. I remember watching Terminator, Terminator 2. Mm. And they, you know, they had the extra scenes, mm-hmm. and you know, some of them actually made sense to them when mm-hmm. they should have had them in. But when you watched it and they were cut in, it was jarring. Mm. It didn't, it didn't flow. And I, and you know, I, I guess my lack of, of you know, editing, editing knowledge. You're much better at that than I would, or much would know much more about that than I would. But for me, it felt jarring. But in this one, we saw the scenes and we're like, oh, okay. But they made sense. And yeah, no, some they, of the stuff. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Some of the scenes. I mean, there are some very surreal moments in this movie. There are some very surreal moments where you have to you, you have to step back and go, "Wow, did that just happen?" And that's not on purpose. I mean, it's meant oh, yeah. to be no, no, over stylized, hyper stylized, sure. over stimulated. <laughs> I mean, literally. But it is. You know. You're 100 percent right. But it's but but it's some of them. I mean, in my opinion. The movie is shocking in certain scenes. It will kind of make you... It, there are some cringe... There are some cringe moments. I mean, I'd be mm. lying if I said there wasn't. There are some cringe moments. There are some... A lot of moments. ooh moments, though, too. Yeah, there are There's a, a lot, lot of, of ooh, ooh There's a lot of ooh. I'm not for, Do they know what an ooh moment is? No, it doesn't. Is? They're, 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 oh! Watch, <laughs> yeah, watch the movie. You'll know what an ooh moment is. Um, but th- there, are some, there are some very surreal scenes, and there's some very... Um, make you think kind of scenes too you know and there's some shocking scenes um but it's it's 
I don't know. No, it's, it's just it's, it, it, it's meant to make an impact. It's meant to make a statement. Yeah, and it does. And um, you know that's the whole point. It's it's you know it's it's a social commentary. You know it's meant to you know give the idea of what's going on in society and how things are falling apart and you know what it's resorted to and and you know kind of the 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 sensationalism of things that are kind of you know taken out of it. You know children killing children. Um, you know, with guns and knives and doing all that kind of thing, and um, and the interaction yeah. between the students too. Yeah, because there's yeah. you know there's 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 little backstories that you find out throughout the movie. Yeah, they're there's, all different. Yeah, they have different different personas. Yeah, there's like what is it 41, 42, 41, 41 or forty one kids. It's forty one yeah. kids, and they all have some of them have a di- some backstories are delved into pretty deeply. Some are not, but it's not needed on some of them. But some of them are though. And you find that there's like different cliques and different groups of people, you know, and what how they were when they were in school translates to how they are some, you know, in some parts on this island of death, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, certain groups clicked together and certain groups didn't. And there's like little I wouldn't call them love triangles, but there's scenes where, you know, this this student like this student, whatever the case may be. And and some of that has to it takes place. Or it has ramifications. Well, isn't it isn't that. it in Japanese, you know, in Japanese school structure that you kind of grow up with the same people pretty consistently? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. And, and at the same time, too, I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but Japanese school culture is a very actually very interesting. When it's not like it is here in the in the states. When um, when you're a freshman in high school uh, and you have upperclassmen. You know what I mean? Um, over there, upperclassmen are that—that's—that's that's it. Uh, younger, you know, grade below students, you know, always pay respect to upperclassmen. Uh, they use, you know, um, honorisms. You know, they use certain terms uh, for upperclassmen, and that's a very important thing in, in Japanese school culture. Um, that takes place somewhat in the movie to a certain degree. Uh, but you're right, though. The students there, they're, you're pretty much like when you start school, you, especially because if you're in a small town or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, you stay in the, you know, the schools, you're, you could say that probably with any like, you know, small town uh, here in the States, too. But it's more predominant over there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's the interesting thing. And, and some of that uh, some of these school ties actually um, are portrayed in the movie and they're mm-hmm. important parts of the movie. And we didn't we didn't mention yet the two other students either. There yeah, was, they end up getting for uh, to spice things up. They put in <laughs> two. Uh, they call them transfers, but they're really just psychopaths. Right. Um, one of them is uh, Kawada, and one of them is Kiriyama. And uh, Kiriyama is, I mean, he's your typical prototypical kind of Japanese nutball, <laughs> you know. Uh, doesn't 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 speak throughout the whole thing. Um, just just likes it. He gets off on it. He he enjoys doing what he's doing. It's, it's well. It, it's so well done. Masanobu Ando was uh, Kazuo Kiriyama. He was fabulous. Really? Yeah, he really is. Is uh, he? Just does it so well. Um, and then really Ka- does. and then Kawada apparently has done this before. Survived a couple of years ago, and they. You know, nothing is really as it seems in this government. So 
he's never really been free, basically. Um, you know, and that's something that I would be curious. There's a lot of ways that they could go into other things with this story and background. And you could do a ton of one-off things about Kitano's character and why he is the way he is or about Kiriyama's or, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's never, the, that's never explained. Yeah, a lot of it isn't. And, and it doesn't have to be. But it just makes it very, very interesting. And it makes it, you know, it's just in a certain way where... It, it makes you wonder. It makes you think about it a little bit more. So basically what it is is that more than anything, um, you have kids that are ambitious, kids that are paranoid, or kids that are definitely a little bit to the left of center. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that really engage in the most murder and destruction. And um, there's a couple key scenes that really kind of explain what this is all about. Um there's, you know, right off the gate, right off the bat, after all the kids are running out, the uh, the kid that has the uh, the crossbow. Oh yeah. He, you know, he's he kills a girl. It's the first kill after the ones that have died in the classroom. And then one of his uh, classmates says, "Oh, is this yours?" And he just holds up the crossbow because <laughs> he fall he fell down chasing after our heroes yep. after Nanahara and Noriko, and. Uh, you know, this other kid picks up the crossbow and is like, oh, is it yours? He's not thinking twice about it. He's almost oblivious. And then the kid, the, the, the other kid charges him, so he has to kill him, and then he runs off. So it, it's that kind of, it's that element of surprise in what's going to have to happen. So that's kind of where it's, this is all really for real, because, you know, Kitano killing the girl and then blowing the kid's neck apart. Um, those are very visceral, and those are kind of like, ah, oh, those are kind of surreal moments. This is the first real, uh, you know, what's really supposed to be happening. Um, for That's me... It sinks in. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And then the next for me is um, is when the couple, the two lovers, they jump and they kill themselves. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah that, you know. That you know, scene. Yeah. That bothers me. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but it bothers me. Well, they would have never made it anyways because no, he no. was he was a weakling and he wouldn't have been able to make more money than she would. Right. So you know, so he would he would have killed himself anyways. Right. But but um but yeah, but they jump to their deaths because she's she won't do it. She she'll never she'll never submit to that. She won't play the game. And so yeah. you know, so they go off and they do that. Um, you know, then the next scene that really does it for me. Is uh, the one with the the girl who's very, um, she's very very independent, um, you know, Chigusa, and how she's, uh, you know, she's kind of she's running, she's still doing all this stuff. She's an athlete. She's still oh, yeah, she's yeah. still in her own element, and uh, one of the other characters, actually, the kid that killed with the cross the, the crossbow, yeah. yep. the kid that kills the. Um, the chub, which yeah. is <laughs> he, he, he was fat. Okay, we'll just call him fat. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the kid that uh, Fetter. yeah, the kid that killed him has a thing for her, and then really kind of in an awkward way attempts to assault her. Yeah, and she won't have it. No, and so she, you know, so that's kind of the strength of it. Um, it was a scene too, though. Like he he fires a crossbow. Yeah, and and he he cuts, he grazes Mixed, her face. Yeah. And that's absolutely. This is the same actress who played Gogo in uh, Kill Bill, and uh, we'll get to that in a minute because Rob loves Quentin Tarantino. Uh, 
And there's no question that he saw her face and her expressions and her reactions oh, sure. here. Absolutely. And he cast her in that role. Absolutely. Um, so, but that's a very interesting shot. Um, the next one for me is The Lighthouse. Oh. Um, you know, where they, there's this group of girls and they're they're kind of making it as homey as they can. The Lighthouse is the one that does yeah. it for me. Yeah, Nanahara ends up there after being injured. Um, and one of the girls saw him earlier in an altercation where another boy ends up dead. It was a struggle. It was an accident. That, that was Oki. Yeah. Yeah. The and yeah, and the axe in the head. And uh, she sees that, and she thinks that he's killed uh, on purpose. So she tries to poison him, but it backfires because one of the other girls Chisato. has poison uh, uh, eats the soup that they've made instead, and then they all just kind of turn on each other, oh, and then they scene. all just yeah, and then they all just kind of kind of do it, and then she realizes what she's done, and so she she jumps. Uh, off the lighthouse, so that one really does it. Um, you know, and, and those really add up. They they really really do. And then the one that that got me, that isn't in the original cut, the Kuriyama scene is no 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 Mitsuko. Oh, with with that yeah. So yeah. Um, there's what, no there's two scenes with her. Are you talking about the one? No, where no, she the, walks away from the two guys where they're like nude. Well, that's yeah, that's in. The, well, yeah, that that's her seducing people. That's that that she's basically labeled the slut of the of the group, and that's her using her powers to get ahead because she kills these two guys as she's as is her way. Um, but that's not the one for me. Um, the one for me with her is it's an added scene when she's just a, a baby. She's just Last a child. She's coming oh. home from from school. She can't be more than six or seven years old. Her mother's drunk, uh, drinking Tangeray, which I was actually sipping as we were watching. <laughs> so I made a connection there. And she's out of her drunk, out of her gourd, and she's just counting like these thousand yen uh, bills. And she goes, you know, don't become like me, Mitsuko. Don't become like me. Well, thousand yen is like ten bucks. Oh yeah, but there was a stack of them. I mean, that was like a hundred and fifty. That was like a hundred and fifty dollars. It's a lot of money though. So, um, so. Um, you know, so then PP Toucher McGee is like PP Suki. Yeah, he he's like, oh, her name's Mitsuko too, and he's got this little doll. He pops her head off, takes all of her clothes off, itemizes them all, panties, he does, and, yes. and he's like, now it's time for other Mitsuko to take her clothes off, and she goes, no, and she pushes him down the stairs and kills him, and it really kind of. It really kind of sets the tone for her and to why. There's always, there, there's always a causality. There's always a reason for things. Yeah. And she even says at one point earlier, she says, why does every, you know, I'm tired of the way everybody looks at me and gangs up on me. Everybody picks on me. Everybody hates me. And she's a bully mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. But it really gives insight as to why or what kicked off in her head you know these the sociopathic tendencies. Yeah, that's the bite. Um, that's the bite there. You know, and, and that really did it. Um, that's a disturbing scene. Uh, the, that was that, is, that that to me. You wouldn't see that, I don't think here. Well, that's why it. You wouldn't see that done like that. It never. That's why it didn't make the cut. Yeah. So. Um, that reminds me of a lot of a. There's a scene like that that's done. That's that's a typical trope in a lot of a uh, lot of uh, anime and manga. Reminds me of a scene that's in uh, Elfin Lied, and almost, I mean, almost parallels it. But to see it in a live action like that, 
Ah, it's just creepy. Yeah. It's very creepy. But it gives a reason for things. Sure. Um, and then the uh, the other sequence that really that's very interesting is also is with Noriko and how she is bullied all the time. Oh, yeah. There's a group of girls in the class that are very mean to her. Lock her in a bathroom stall. You know, and she's pretty, she's sweet, she's caring, and these other girls, you know, they call her ugly and tell her to die and do all this other stuff. And they and, call her short. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and she actually, she has very little interaction with any females other than her friend who dies off early, Megumi. Yeah, she yeah. doesn't really have interaction no. with any other female characters, no, no. Um, which is, you know, which is very telling. Um, and so, you know, these kids are just kind of killing each other off. And uh, the nerds of the group, they find out a way to hack into the system, uh, and then all hell breaks loose, just as you think they're about to go Delta Force on these guys. Uh, the psychopath Kiriyama comes and blows up that party. But we never mentioned the, the Kiriyama scene. There's plenty of Kiriyama scenes. The good one. The one that they added the extra... The, the yeah, he kills two girls, and he steps on the one and blows her away. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but the way he does it, though, Yeah, yeah. Like she has yeah. a megaphone. They're trying to. The, the two girls are on the top of the mountain, there, and then they're trying to call for peace. You know, what and I mean? they're so trying she, to have everybody rally. Right, yeah. and so she's these two girls are on like a megaphone, and and um, Shuya or Nanahara and Noriko, and they're they've actually teamed up with Kawada at this point, and they listen. They hear them, and you know Kawada's telling them, you know, don't 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 go out there. Don't don't try. Don't get lured into that. It could be a trap. This and that. He's kind of like telling them to trust him. You know, this is one of the transfers, the good transfer, I guess you could say, for lack of a better term. And uh, next thing you know, you know, Kiriyama comes up and just I mean, just splays them with an Uzi. And then he picks up the megaphone, taps it to make sure it works, puts the megaphone down near the girl's mouth. You can hear her crying through the megaphone, and then he just empties about three quarters of a clip into her. Mm -hmm. And that scene, oh man, that's... Oof. Yeah, and it's extended out for, for yeah. this. And I mean, she, boy, he, he plugs her good. Yeah, really good. He really does. Uh, <laughs> but he kind of ruins the party um, oh, yeah. with uh, Mimura and his goofball henchmen. Um, and they're going to, like, firebomb the, the castle, so to speak. Um, oh, where Katano is? Yeah. All the soldiers. Yeah, right? and so then Kiriyama kind of comes and, and ends all that, but... As he does, Mimura blows up all the stuff and uh, at least wounds him. And it's this. there's this final kind of showdown there with uh, Nanahara and Noriko and Kalada. And they approach this burning building. And uh, Kiriyama kind of rises from the ashes and he's kind of stumbling around. And it's fire everywhere. Um, you, you could you could see it in an anime kind of kind yeah. of thing, and um, and then he turns around. Kalada says, "I'm going to take care of this," and he turns around and he's blind from the explosion, and he's got the blood dripping down out of his eyes. A great shot. It's yeah. a fabulous looking thing, and then that kind of happens. So, um, and then that's basically that that that's basically it. The the three survivors they kind of trick the system, um, and then they they converge on Kitano. Uh, who's now alone in the uh, in the bunker, so to speak? Um, we f we found out at this point that he's unhappy. You know, his wife his, his is barely mentioned. His daughter calls him once and basically yells at him, and, like tells him he hates she hates him, and uh, he's just unhappy. And you know, it's not really gotten into 
as to why, but it, it kind of parallels everything else. You know, he's just kind of resigned to this existence. And then it's very evident that he has a soft spot in his heart for Noriko. He gives her an umbrella at one point. He just kind of shows up yeah, that was, and just kind of gives her this umbrella. It's the way so he weird. looks at her. It's just very evident that he, he has, you know, some kind of different respect for her. And Noriko has a vision, kind of like a dream, that she's eating like an orange creamsicle with him, uh, like on, at the, the water. And they're talking and... Um, it's just a, it's it's a very different interaction from anything else in the movie. It's surreal. Well, it's also it's also very poignant because it's the only interaction between an adult and a child that's civilized and respectful and caring. It's the Throughout only the movie, it's yeah. the only interaction yeah. that isn't someone yelling at someone else, someone killing someone else, and all that kind of thing. Um, between an adult and a child. So it's very, very interesting like that. And then he basically goads them into killing him because um, he wants to he wants to die. And then he does. And uh, then Kawada dies from his wounds, and Nanahara and Noriko are now wanted by the government. Um, cue terrible rip-offs. No. <laughs> and that's basically it. Um, you know, we, you know we're, there's a lot of different things to... Uh, you know, you could elaborate on, pontificate on, but that's basically what happens. Um, you know, again, we watched the director's cut or the extended edition. I don't think it's actually like a director's cut so much as they just kind of extended it out, but it's a really, really well done process. They really thought out what to include, what to add. Um, it would be the equivalent of like an unrated version here, more or less. Yeah, um, the first version was rated at all. It's definitely, here it may not have been. No. Um, this is one of those ones where if you really are into it enough, you should definitely watch it, watch the original cut, and then watch the extended cut. And it really is worth it, the eight minutes. We both commented several times on how, um, how it really made it a heavier movie. With uh, with an impact, and it was just it just really does it really really changes everything. Yeah, it really does. And um, it, it really does. It's very very interesting. Um, so, so, have, so we have to talk about your favorite scene. Which one's that? Oh, in the intro, the tutorial. The oh yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> the best. So I mean, I'm a huge Takeshi Kitano fan. I mean, I've I've watched almost all of his stuff from Violent Cop, which was basically his first thing. To Sonatine, to Hanabi, to this, to Brother, to his version of Zatoichi, which is fabulous, you know, all that kind of thing. And he's just got a really good sense of humor. Well, he did comedy first. Well, yeah, yeah, he is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, And and in a lot of his movies, even in a lot of his gangster pictures, there's always just that kind of sardonic kind of goofball humor while he's killing people. And, um, so in the beginning, when they're there, they have a tutorial video. This is his favorite scene, and it's this, a, is, this is the best. And it's a girl, and she's a very very cute girl, and she's dressed up like you know like somebody that would be at a convention, Hawaii. And she's like ah, hada! you know, and, and she's she's you know introducing them to the world of battle royal. And so he's sitting on the desk in the uh, in the classroom where they're all waiting to die, and she's on the TV, and she goes ah. And, and so, and so Kitano goes, okay, Kanichiwa! 
And then she says, uh, "What does she say? Arigata, arigatomas? Is that what it is? Yeah. What is it? She, and then, yeah, which is, you know, thank you very much. Yep. And so he goes, arigatomas, and he does the whole thing with his hands. He Meanwhile, mimics her. The students are like shocked, and I'm just dying laughing. <laughs> I just, I can't stop laughing. I laugh at that scene every time. That's funny. Every single time I watch this movie, I do it. I anticipate it. I say it right before it happens. I say it <laughs> as it's happening. And I, I'm going to probably go watch it again right now just for the sake of it. Right. Um, you know, th- this is actually a fairly humorless movie. Um, yeah. But that's it's just hysterical. The intro, the first 15 or 20 minutes have some really, really fun parts, um, which is, you know, kind of the, the dark humor of it. So, um. Yeah, I mean, this is a highly recommended movie. I mean, most of our off-the-cuffs tend to be recommendations or at least just things that we watched, and then we're just kind of talking about them. This one is 100% recommended. Um, do not watch it and sully yourself with the voice American voice acting. Yeah, don't. Um, don't do that. You don't want 35-year-olds sounding like 35-year-olds talking like 15-year-olds yeah, and doing we, it terribly. We, we didn't notice that there was an English soundtrack. I, I was I was messing with the setup mm-hmm. things because I'm new at Blu-ray and... Fumbling, fumbling. Fumbling the Blu-ray, and I found that, and I hit it, and we watched about, what, like 30 seconds? Yeah, and that was enough. That's all we needed. It was done. It was done at that point. That was terrible, Um, because this is a Japanese film, so the, you know, the the dialogue is in Japanese. Um, Subtitles are accurate, though. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to follow. Translation's good. Translation's very Um, good, actually. I, I have to say the translation of this is probably better than the copy that I had before. There you go. Probably better than the original. They probably went so. and reworked that as well. So, um, you know, but definitely, you know, I know subtitles aren't everybody's thing. Foreign films aren't everybody's things. But this is definitely something that I think, you know, you can appreciate. And again, given the climate of our country now, regardless of where you stand, I think there's something to be said for this, too. This is it's kind of scary that this is something that was done 17 years ago and, and has a lot of accurate statements even yeah. still today. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, we definitely both give this a recommendation. Um, Wouldn't recommend it for the squeamish, though. I don't know. I don't really think it's. Not, I, I. I don't see. I, see, that's the thing. Like, I don't find the. My blood. mother would never watch this. Well, that's yeah, but yeah, but Donna. <laughs> would your mother is, ever watch this? You know, no. My dad wouldn't subject her to this. Right, she, yeah. she wouldn't be into it. It's just not subject matter oh, okay. that she would. She would. My dad. Like my dad would watch it. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My dad wow. would watch it. My dad would dig it. I think my I've dad. Tried, I've mentioned this to other people, and they just they they you know the, I, one person I mentioned this to. You know, and asked them, said, hey, you know, you want to watch a good movie? Watch Battle Royale. They watched it, and they said they couldn't get through it. They said it was too disturbing. So I don't get, well, <laughs> well I mean, I'm the wrong person. Well, I mean, yeah, we, on. we are the wrong people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But it, it, yeah. it, it can be. It's a really good movie. Yeah. But, but see, that's the thing, though. Like, I don't find the violence to be, I don't find the violence to be overstylized. No, I don't right. find the violence. I don't find the violence to be romanticized at all. No, it's not. Maybe with Kiriyama because it's specific to the character. But um, I mean, the thing is that it, it can bother people because it's kids. Right. Because it's fifteen-year-old kids killing each other. Well, it's um, bothers me, I think, a little bit. Yeah, it does. I mean, my my daughter's fourteen. Right. You know what I mean? So you know, and when I saw this movie, I didn't have my daughter yet. No, no, not yet. So. Now seeing it, I mean, yeah, I still love the movie, yeah. but it is a, it is a, it, it does kind of make you, kind of, it, it does make you a little skittish at some points. You know, it, it, it'll have that effect. I don't know. I have cats. Doesn't yeah. matter. But it is so. a good movie, though. Regardless, <laughs> yeah. regardless it is a fantastic yeah. movie. If you can deal with subtitles, yeah. 
Um, and you can deal with watching a foreign film. Yeah. Um, it's definitely. definitely worth it. We, I mean, I, I definitely recommend it. I know Aaron definitely recommends it. We might have to do, we might have to do a few more, maybe for hours here, we'll have to do like Kitano movies. We should do like Juon. Yeah. We should do stuff like that. Yeah. There's a, there's a Korean film called uh, Memento Mori, Memories of Murder. About the first okay. South Korean serial killer. It's a, the, oh, based wow. on the true story. Really? It's one of the best movies you'll ever well, watch. We could, do, we could do these one-offs. Yeah. I mean, that's well. Yeah, that was yeah. my plan. My plan yeah. with the one-offs were to do yeah. you know, little stuff that is of the norm. Yeah. You know, something from. Like, you know me. I'm huge into anime, huge into manga, stuff like that. So. So the we'll, we'll leave you with this um, on the packaging for this movie. It was really hilarious. I I, I you know I get packages delivered to my work. Because um, we live in the city of Buffalo, and I'm not having packages left at the door, and so you know, I got home late Wednesday evening, and uh, Rob was kind of in and out of slumber, and he he emerges, and he's like, "Oh, hey, you're home. What's going on?" So I present him with his copy, and uh, on the, uh, the packaging, Royal. and on the packaging, um, it has a statement that says, uh, "I wish that I had made this movie." And uh, that was made uh, by the famous Quentin Tarantino, and because uh, he loves this movie, he adores this movie, and um, yeah, he wishes that he had made it. And uh, so that, of course, oh yeah, that was on the yeah, it was on the packaging, yeah, yeah. and it was really funny because Rob was half asleep, so he couldn't rip it off fast enough, and um, I-, I was amused. I mean, go ahead. Quentin Tarantino is an absolute hack. There we go. Okay, uh, I, I'm not gonna spend any time. I'm not gonna waste. I'm not gonna waste your. I'm not gonna waste our listeners' bandwidth. Okay, on, <laughs> on Quentin Tarantino. I'm just gonna put it to you simply this way: the guy is an absolute hack. Okay, his movies are terrible, and I, 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 I've watched them, and I only watch them because I, you know, the cool kids do it, and it's the cool thing to do, and I watch his movies. I don't watch all of them. I've only seen a few. But Rob, uh, uh, um, no, no, uh, you don't, gotta, dude. you gotta watch my movie. Uh, uh, no, uh, no, uh, no, 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 no. Hey, no, man, no, no. hey, man. Yeah, listen, you know, you know what, you know what soured me on him? What's that? Watching him act in his own movie, <laughs> watching him act in Pulp Fiction, and it, he was so, he is a terrible actor. <laughs> that scene with him is annoying. Harvey Keitel is one of the greatest actors. Mm. Of eh, all time. That's right, I sure am. Okay, love Harvey Keitel. Eh, of course you love me. him having to talk with that hack absolutely bothers me. Okay? You write better than him. Okay? Wow. I've told you this over and over again. Wow. <laughs> Point is, the reason Quentin Tarantino wishes he could hear it in those movie is because this is what he wishes he could do. Because this is, this is better than every movie he's ever done. This is what he tries to do with his movies... But he's been beaten out by... Who, who was the director on this again? It doesn't matter. Point is, he was beaten out by the director on this, okay? And uh, he's terrible. And uh, the reason he picked up... Uh, Chia, uh, what was her name? Chiaki... Uh, mm-hmm. Chiaki... Um, uh, Koryama. Chiaki Koryama. The reason he picked her up was because he saw her in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit that, because that scene she did was fantastic. And, and she has a pretty good scene... or She has good scenes in uh, Kill Bill, I'm not going to lie. She's very good in that movie. And I watched that movie... I, I don't get it. I'll never understand it. I don't understand the movie. I don't understand Pulp Fiction. I don't care. I just, I can't stand him. The fact that he even has to say anything about a movie like this that I enjoy, that I love, that, that, that he tries to tout off, I mean, it, 
Oh, he's a pop culture icon. That's his whole thing. It's like pop Where? culture. That's what, no, that's him. Like, oh, that's, that's him, him as a person. Yeah. Is he, he's pop culture icon? That's that's what he wants to I, be. He's, yeah. he's a hack. <laughs> absolute hack. So, so, if you ever listen to this, you're a hack. Okay? You're an absolute hack. And there you have it. Do, do you like any of his movies? Do, do, do you appreciate any of them? You know what? Yes. And I, and I don't even want to say that. Because I like Inglorious Bastards. All right. I can appreciate that movie. It's well done. It's well acted. I actually mm-hmm. really like that movie. I don't like Brad Pitt, but I like him in that movie. Buongiorno. You know, it, he that's a good that's a good role. I actually yeah. really enjoyed that movie. There are scenes in that movie that are so tense, and they're so good. Yeah, the opening sequence is the fantastic. opening sequence, yeah. the sequence in the bar. I mean, they're fantastic, and I like that movie. But I can't stand him as an, as a director. I can't stand him as, the way just everything about him, the way he acted in Pulp Fiction. I can't handle it. I just don't like the Quentin Tarantino. Mm. And there you go. That's all the time we have, folks, for Object Theater. <laughs> We've wasted so much time. Yeah, this we, 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 we did this like a regular episode. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. It's, it's, all right. Worth, it's not a royal. It's worth it. All right. So, yeah. So, um, there it is. Um, Highly watch, recommended. Watch Battle Royale. <laughs> watch uh, the movie. Tell us your likes and dislikes for Quentin Tarantino movies. <laughs> Direct those specifically to Rob. Yes, please. And um, Please. And there you go. So, that's it. Thanks, everybody. As always, please listen, please like, please subscribe, please share. We are gaining a little bit of steam and traction. There's some, uh, you know, our, our, you know, you guys have been great and faithful. It seems like the, what, 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 what is it? You, you're getting, making choo-choo sounds, like gaining traction, like a train. We don't have a train though. Uh, well, I mean, but we I don't. Have, but yeah, but we don't have a train. We don't have a train. You said gaining. Tr- oh, I don't know. Getting traction. Yeah, you know. You're, you're, you're I, I'm thinking more like putting like a board underneath your tire and getting off. No, from no, the no, snow. no, 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 no. See, well, that's uh, yeah, but I'm talking about like you remember in the old west they had the trains with the with mm. the steam engines, right? And you'd see them spin the wheels and they would slow down, spin the wheels and they would try to gain traction on the track. Uh-huh. That's what. Okay. All right. So apparently we have a train that I'm not aware of. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening. Please like, share, subscribe. Uh, like I said, you guys have been great. Um, we do have some potentially big news uh, that we'll hopefully be able to unleash. Big news. Uh, what big news? You know the thing. We're not gonna. Um, you know, hopefully we'll have. Hopefully we'll have some uh, some information on that sooner than later. Yay. Could be a potentially really big thing for us. Big so news. Thanks for sticking with us. Big news. Have a good night.